0: Hello, Mark. Hello, Michael. Long long time no see. Yeah,
1: I know. I was missing you. Hello, Asher. Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we're going to be learning Reciprocating Love, the Second Type, Part 2. So in Chapters 46 and 47, we learn one type of reciprocating love because of how Hashem has took us out of Mithraim and he brought us so close to him, like the example of the king who went down to the dunk hill and, and brought the slow person close to him. That was the first type of reciprocating love we discussed, we discussed in chapter 46 and 47. Now we're discussing a second method of reciprocating love. And we've been talking about the tremendous, the tremendous work Hashem did to create the world. If the end product of this world is Mark, Dr. Mavav, Asher, if we are the end product, so do you know what length Hashem had to go to for us to come? You had to create a sim We had to create an infinite amount of contractions and worlds and limitations and angels and an infinite amount for you and me. Wow. Wow. Yes, Mark. Go ahead.
2: How do we know we're not the beginning product?
1: How do we know we're not the beginning product? T- tell me more about that. Well, you just talked
2: about us. Being sort of the end product, like we're formed, we're developed, we can think for ourselves, and that you may, that this is sort of the we're the end of um, God's. Um, uh, I don't want to use the word experiment, but you know, God's formation of us, like we're at the end of it. What happens if we're right at the beginning of it? What, what happens if we're in our infancy?
1: I appreciate the question. Good Who says we're at the end? Moshe Rabbeinu. I'll share a story. Hopefully, we'll answer it. If not, at least I share a story. Moshe Rabbeinu, he goes up to Mount Sinai. He's here to get. These, he's there to get the Torah, and the angels say, "No, no, no! You can't take it. This is our Torah. This is ours." So Moshe Rabbeinu says And he goes through each of the Ten Commandments He says, one second The Ten Commandments say I took you out of Egypt well, you Were you in Egypt? Do so you have a father and mother? Do you ever want to kill someone? Do you ever want to steal, etc." And so the angel said, you know, if you're right We're going to give it to the low of low To man, that's clearly where God wanted it I'm curious, Mark Was that at all an answer to your question?
2: Yeah, I- I actually think that the, ten, the giving of the Ten Commandments was the beginning of the process. But in the time continuum, the, the time continuum might be that long or it might be you know that long. We don't know where we are in the time continuum. We're in 6,000 years. We know we're at 6,000 years. But... I don't
1: know. I'm, I'm, this is, um... Mark, let me hear another point. And we're going to talk about this at great length today. But,
2: but hang on. May, okay. May, okay. I think I, I think I figured out how I want to articulate this. So maybe the 6,000 years is the beginning. And this goes out 20,000 20, years and not maybe 8,000 years before the Moshiach comes.
1: Try again. Try
2: again. I'm listening. Try again. Okay. All right, I it. so maybe we're in our infancy as far as our maturity when it comes to life. I'm talking about the universe. I'm not talking about you and my individual uh, contributions. We know we're 6,000 years old, but maybe it's got to go out another... We don't know how long it goes out. We don't know whether tomorrow is our last day on Earth, or our last day on Earth is in a hundred thousand years time.
1: So let me see if I can rephrase the question. The question is, who said there's a, when the beginning started in a, in our conversation? Where, where did the beginning? Where did day one start? Is that perhaps a question? Well, day day one could be
2: when. Um,
1: You know, it could be the one of the first six days. Before the first day of creation, there was no time. So day one began on the first day of creation. The idea of time began on the first day of creation. Well, didn't hang on. Didn't the concept of time start
2: when we had night and day, and then you could have time?
1: Okay, if you want, you could say it on the third day of creation. We could talk more about that. But nonetheless, creation... The okay. idea of time was a creation itself. So it's less than 6,000 years old. Okay. So here we're sharing how Hashem created this master plan for you. And if Hashem went through such incredible lengths, infinite amount of, of, of mechanisms that are in place For you to be here, you, usher. for you to be here, wow, then how much do we owe Hashem love back? That's what we've learned until we were up to here in chapter 49. And today what we're going to learn, and the last time we started this class, we got shut off in middle. So God willing, with with God's help, we'll be able to complete this class. Tonight we're going to learn That this answers a very deep question. Or I shouldn't say deep, I should say a very not deep question. You know, before we light Shabbos candles, we make a simple blessing. The blessing is, or I don't make, women make the blessing, or, or men. Some men have the opportunity to make it as well. They make the blessing. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, creator of the universe who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to light the holy Shabbos light. Wow, that's beautiful. I've introduced the mitzvah. I've mentioned it. And similarly, before we go ahead and we put on tefillin, we thank Hashem for, for giving us this opportunity to put on tefillin. So before we say the Shema, there are two blessings we say. Now logically the blessing should be Thank you Hashem who has Lord of the universe who has sanctified us With the command to say the Shema There is no such blessing however Not only there is no such blessing The two blessings of Shema That we do say seemingly Have no connection Let's review if you want to look in the sitter You're welcome to join me The Shema itself talks about the unity of Hashem It talks about Loving Hashem But well, let's talk, look at the blessings of Shema that, that introduced Shema The first blessing Talks about the angels It talks about the angels You're familiar with these words Who say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Holy, holy, holy And it says there's, There are two types of angels There are angels that are seraphim they are fiery angels And these angels say Kadosh Then you have the angels that look like wheels That's why they're called an Ofan Opanim, they look like wheels, and those angels—they don't say holy, holy, holy. They say, "Anyone, could you call it out?" What do they say? Baruch Kavod Hashem MiMekomo. Blessed is I, the glo, is uh, the the Kavod, the honor of Hashem from its place. Seemingly, no connection to the Shema. It's not an introduction to the Shema. It's like introducing Joni. But but introducing the wrong person, it's like saying, you know, I'd like to call up uh, Yaakov for this. I'd like to call up Yaakov, and meanwhile, instead of calling him up, you just keep on talking. You know, that's the first blessing is about the angels. The second blessing is all about how much Hashem loves us. How does this all? become an introduction to the Shema? And this question is a question that the Rashba already asks. The Rashba says, what is the connection between these blessings and Shema? If the question is clear, give me a thumbs up, please. Okay. And here, Tanya is going to tell us this exact point, and this is what I want to stress. Shema tells us we need to love Hashem. How can I love Hashem? You're going to command me to love Hashem. How could you command me to love Hashem? The answer is, this is the introduction to Shema. If you dive appropriately and you get involved in what the introduction to Shema is saying, then automatically it's going to create a love for Hashem when you come to Shema. If, if the introduction to the blessings of, of Shema you think about how Hashem created a master plan. He created this incredible world. He created the seraphim, and the holy angels. And these holy angels, you know what they say? Let's focus on their words. These holy angels, they say, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Holy, holy, holy Hashem to the coast, Lord of hosts. Where does Hashem reside? These seraphim, these holy fiery angels. Where? Do, where? They're telling you. Where does Hashem reside? Melo Haaret Kivodo. Kol Haaret, the physical world. You want Hashem? These seraphim, these fiery angels. They're already telling you Hashem is found on earth. Hashem is found with Moshe Mendel. Now, and the Shema, and the blessing of Shema continues. You know what? There's angels that are lower than the seraphim. They're just called an ofan. They're the real angels. And you know what? When you ask them where Hashem is, you know what they tell you? I don't know. That's what they say. Baruch Kivot Hashem. Blessed is the kavot of Hashem, min me komo, from its place, wherever it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the seraphim, the holy angel are saying, you want to know where Hashem is? He's down on earth. The low angels are saying, I don't even know where it is. And, and yet you and me, we are lucky enough to know that Hashem is here with us. Wow. That's going to make, I, I love Hashem. Hashem has so much love for me. He put, I love him back. And then the second blessing of Shema comes and it says, how much Hashem loves you. Wow. I'm going to love Hashem back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I feel that love. Any questions before we jump inside? Hashem is in the field this month, right? Oh, oh, Hashem is in the field. Thank you, Misham Mendel, for, for putting us on a high. Not only is Hashem in the field, today is the 18th day of Elul. Chai, the life of Elul. So if Hashem is in the field, today the fire is even greater, the opportunity is even greater. Thank you, Misham. Yes. Okay. okay, let's jump in. We're on page. 2.58 in the red, Tanya. The last paragraph. Again, that's 2.58 in the red, Tanya. Last paragraph. Thereby will be understood. Here we go. Thereby will be understood now that we understand how much Hashem has him put in place for you and me to be here to serve Him. Infinite amount of contractions and creations of worlds thereby will be understood the true reason and meaning of the rabbinical enactment, ordaining the recitations of the blessings of the Shema. Now we could understand why the rabbis told us to say these blessings before Shema. Two blessings before, one after. For, continues, Tanya, it would appear at first glance that they have no connection whatsoever with the recital of the Shema, as Rashba and other codifiers have stated. So is the two blessings On a se- seemingly have no connection to Shema, why then were they termed blessings of the Shema? And why were they ordained to be recited specifically this way? If the blessings of Shema are not introducing Shema, so then why are we saying them? What are they doing here? And here we go, incredible, incredible words right here. But the reason is that the essence of the recital of the Shema is to fulfill the injunction with all your heart.
3: Mm.
1: Shema, what's what, what Shema? Here. What is Shema? Here. You know, the previous Rebbe, he was once, during when, when the war broke out, when World War II broke out, he was running into a bomb shelter at one point. And, and unfortunately a bomb fell nearby and everybody shouted Shema Yisrael. Many years later, he said that that Shema Yisrael, he's never felt a Shema Yisrael as real as that. When everybody together, every Jew, anybody who was there, didn't matter where you were from, what you affiliated with, everybody cried cried out Shema Yisrael from the essence of their heart. I just want to comment. My light just went out for a moment. So if... uh, I'm, I'm hoping we should not have a blackout from what's going on at this point. But then, I did get a text from others that they have blackouts already. Yeah, my lights just flickered as well.
2: Yes, Asher, um, yes, go ahead. The first, I
3: noticed that the first paragraph of the Shema says, uh, And the second paragraph says, in um, but it doesn't say modek. But I'm thinking the first the first time it mentions with you, with your heart and with, with with your mind and with your soul and with your with your wealth, with your goods. And the second time it doesn't mention that, but it says it's almost like if you love God with all your heart and all your soul, you will be given the means to express the love of God with your, with your, worldly, with your worldly existence.
1: Uh, sure. I, I appreciate what you're saying. And this first two paragraphs of Shema have some nuances that are, are something I'd love to go into. Um, but I'm not going to address it tonight. Okay. But, but, but I appreciate th- that difference. Um, yes. Thank you for bringing it up. So the Shema, oh, let's continue. But the reason is that the essence of the recital of the Shema is to fulfill the injunction, the Yahta. You shall love Hashem your God, the with all your heart. Now you'll you'll remember that or or you'll learn now. I'm excited to teach now as well that to say your heart. Who could tell me in Hebrew how do you say your heart? The word your heart. If I'm talking to you, I say the with all your heart. There's a. That's the what what's going on here? Two. Two ways. Anyone here? Uh, uh talks Hebrew thoroughly. Okay. So there's an extra vase here. It should say Lamid Vez Chaf, but it doesn't. It says Lamid Vase Vase Final Chaf. Mark, are you with me? I want you to hear this point. It's an incredible point. Here Rashi comments that it says with all your hearts in plural. Has anyone here ever heard of someone with two hearts? I have not. I have heard of, and, and maybe another time, I'd love to share with you an incredible story of Ramosha Feinstein with Siamese, Siamese or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Siamese twins that were born with one heart. A, a very, it's a tragic story, but it's an incredible story of halacha oh, and its Siamese, application. Siamese twins. Siamese, okay. Siamese but But we do, the, the Torah is telling us love Hashem with both of your hearts, okay? So, what's both of your hearts? Call it out, call it out. You know the answer. Oh, no, no, you know the answer. Don't be humble here, don't be humble. The answer is you should love Hashem with all of your animalistic heart and your godly heart. Mm-hmm. The Rashi comments right there you should love Hashem with your animalistic soul and your godly soul. Let's see, that's what is quoting right here from the Gemara. That the purpose of Shema is to love Hashem with all your heart, namely, with both your natures. Both your natures, that is to say, meaning you should love Hashem with your godly soul and your animalistic soul. And that is to say, to overcome anything that deters from the love of God. Anything that stops you from loving God? No, no. My love of Hashem is even greater. Now, what could stop us? Continues Tanya. What do you, what do you love? Well, you love your spouse. You love your children. So we need to love Hashem. Our, our love for Hashem should be even greater, the overpowering love for your heart alludes to the wife and children, to whom a man's heart is by his very nature bound. And so have the rabbis of, Rabbi of blessed memory commented on the verses. who Amar Vayehi, for he spoke and it came to be that this refers to the wife. He commanded and endured, That's This referring to the children. Okay. So we need to love Hashem with all your heart. Meaning, we have to love Hashem completely at the cost of any other love. Continues. Continues. Shema. You have to love Hashem with all your soul. With all your might. And this is understood literally to be talking about your life and sustenance. Uh, so that I'm willing to give up my life for Hashem, renouncing everything for the love of God. Wow, this is a very tall task. So, when we say, I don't know, tall task, I'm not sure if it's appropriate. Sometimes you say a tall tale, it means like a fake thing. I don't mean fake. I mean, this is a really big task. When we say Shema after this class, before you go to sleep, Essentially, we're telling Hashem, my love for you is greater than any other love in the world. And I'm willing to put aside everything else for Hashem. You know what this this means. This practically, right? The Torah comes first and we're only going to marry someone we're allowed to marry. We're only gonna act appropriately. Any questions, comments, or concerns about this idea? What what is what we're telling Hashem and Shema? Okay, I, I'm not sure if I take this that everybody's with me or everybody's against me, but we'll we'll continue. I'm gonna take it that everybody's with me. Doctor Malib, how are we doing? Okay. Tell not me sure more, if I I underst- okay
2: so I'm not sure I understand the question please repeat the question rabbi
1: oh it's no okay so I don't so I'm just making a comment here. The comment is that when we say Shema, we are committing to love Hashem more than anything else in this world including our own love, including our own self. That's what we're committing to when we say Shema. Now, Tanya asks the obvious question, but how can we do that? How could I say I love Hashem more than my own spouse? I love Hashem more than my own being. I'm willing to give my own being for Hashem. How, how do we create such a love? But continues Tanya, but how can physical man attain to this level? It is therefore to descend That's a blessing of Yoter Or was introduced first. Ah. So remember, there's two blessings. There's the blessing of Yoter Or and the blessing of Avatolam. Listen, listen, listen. Listen to how we're going to take apart this blessing and explain to you its steps. And tomorrow when you say it, you'll have a whole new meeting. First, the blessing of Yotir or was introduced first Before Shema For in this blessing there is said And repeated at length The account and order of the angels standing in the heights of the universe So the blessing talks about the angels The holy, holy angels And what do these angels do In order to proclaim the greatness of the holy one Blessed is he how all of them are nullified in his light. In this blessing, we talk about these angels, how they're all nullified to Hashem, blessed be He. And what do they do? And they proclaim in awe and hollow, in declaring in reverence. All of these angels, together they declare, kadosh, 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 Hashem tivakos, melo chova kivodo, meaning that He is apart from them. Holy also denotes being separated And he does not close himself to them The angels are saying Hashem is not close to me He's not revealed in me Where is Hashem? Hashem is here with us here in the Zoom Not in the clouds Not in the clouds No, no, he's here physically with us Namely the community of Israel above And Israel below As has been explained earlier. Okay so the seraph and the fiery angels, seraphim comes from the word seraph, it's burning. The fiery angels they say, Ah, Hashem is so holy. And he's down here on earth with the Jewish people. And so to the Ofanim. Like I told you, the Ofan means the angel, the, the angels that are like a wheel and holy chayos, with a holy with the rash with a mighty sound, they declare they with this mighty energy. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place. They don't say from where it is. they say, I don't know where it is. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place wherever it is, for they neither know, nor do, do they apprehend His place as we say, He who levado for he alone is exalted and holy. So in the first blessing, let's wake up, let's wake up. this is incredible. In the first blessing we're saying, I was talking about myself to waking up, I was telling myself to wake up. In the first blessing we're saying that the greatest angels, they acknowledge, they admit, they understand that's not where Hashem is. And the angels that aren't so great, they just they, they know that Hashem is not with them, but they don't know where he is. Then comes this, then follows the second blessing. Of Ahavas olam, and some people, some communities say avarabba, but our custom is to say avas olam. Avas olam. Olam could mean two things. Who could shout out? What two things can olam mean? All world. Say it what again. All the world. Olam could mean world, and what else could it mean? Eternity. 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 Very good. And here we're going to learn that they both come together. Then follows a the second blessing with an everlasting love, avas olam, an everlasting <laughs> love. You have loved us, Lord our God. That is to say, what does it mean an everlasting love? That Hashem, He satisfied all the supernal holy hosts for this screen to dwell upon us. Putting aside everything else, and I'm going to dwell on you, Mark, Usher, Dr. Malov, Yaakov, my Mendel, Joni. Hashem is dwelling on you. He's putting aside these great angels, so that He be called Elokeinu, our God, in the same sense that He is called Elokei Avram, the God of Abraham, as explained earlier. Hashem put aside everything because His love for you. Okay, but Tanya asks, how did Hashem go ahead and create so many limitations? Since when does love have the ability to create limits? Generally, love just creates perhaps a connection. But where does all this contraction come from? So Tanya quotes the Gemara that says, because love impels the flesh. Love has the ability to physically create a limitation. And therefore, remember we said avas olam could mean an everlasting, it could also mean a worldly love. Therefore it is called avas olam, a worldly love. For this is the so-called contraction of his great and infinite light, taking on the garb of finity, of finitude which is called olam world for the sake of the love of his people israel in order to bring them near to him that they may might be absorbed into his unity and oneness. blessed be he so hashem has put aside everything and he's limited himself into the world abat olam because of his love for us Continues the blessing and the second blessing of Shema, we continue. This is also the meaning of you have bestowed upon us exceedingly abounding mercy. The wording of the Shema, we say, is <laughs> that exceedingly abounding mercy Hashem has had upon us. Namely, exceeding the nearness of God Towards all the hosts above Meaning, what's the exceeding mercy? Even more than the angels And continues the blessing of The second blessing of the Shema That we're now saying as an introduction Continues That Hashem chose us From among all the nations and tongues Who haguf hachumri this, which refers to the material body, which in its corp- corporeal aspect is similar to the bodies of the Gentiles of the world, and has brought us near. We're continuing in the second blessing as the Shema, we say, the Kerav Tanu, Hashem brought us near that we may thank you. The interpretation of thanks will be given elsewhere. Will the Achedcha and proclaim your unity to be absorbed into his unity? Blessed be he, as has been explained above. Wow, I want to tell you a line here That we could pass over it Or it could change our life And that is this line here Something that Kabbalah talks a lot about And I hope you will also talk a lot about it Over the coming days And that is We say every day in the second blessing of the Shema Uvanu v'charta Allah v'lashu Hashem chose us from every nation but I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. What does it mean to have a choice? Let me clarify the question. If I come to you and I say I'll offer you $10 or a dollar, is that a choice? So, Hasidism tells us it's not a choice. That's not a choice. The Torah actually tells us I, I didn't give you a choice, you're going to take the better one. You can't say Hashem chose. The Jewish people If for whatever reason They would be better Than other people It's not called choice Mark, does that make sense? Yes So what does it mean Hashem chose us And listen to this It means Hashem chose your body Incredible our bodies were exactly similar to everyone else. Nonetheless, Hashem has chosen your body to be a Jewish body. And He's elevated your body. That's what we say in the blessing of Shema. Uvanu Hashem chose you. Not only He chose your soul, He even chose your body. When we talk about not hurting our body, not putting tattoos, not coming Cutting ourselves. Other, other, the Torah says in previous times they would cut themselves. It's, Hashem has chosen your body. He's elevated it. So when we say that Hashem loves us, he doesn't only, only love our soul. He loves our entire being, including our physical body. Wow. Wow. So now... When the intelligent person will reflect on these matters in the depths of his heart and brain, if we really think about how much Hashem has put aside because of his love for us, well, then there we learn. As water mirrors the image of a face, his soul will spontaneously be kindled and it will close itself in a spirit of benevolence. Willingly to lay down and resolutely to abandon all he possesses In order only to cleave to him Blessed be he And to be absorbed into his life with an attachment and longing And so forth in a manner of oscillation And the attachment of spirit to spirit as has been explained earlier Wow, I mean, if we just think about How much Hashem has put aside to create you and me that love that Hashem has for us, that's going to create a love within us, a fiery love. So now I understand why does the blessing, why is the blessing of Shema all about the angels? Earlier we said, we quoted the Roshpa, that it's not really connected to Shema. But now we're telling you, no, no, no. This is, is the introduction to the shema the introduction is and before we're going to tell you 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 should love hashem we're going to tell you and how can you come to that love by thinking about this idea of the greatness of the angels and how the angels acknowledge with all their greatness hashem is down here and by thinking about how how some of the angels don't even know where hashem is by continuing to think about the great love hashem has for you and how he has chosen you he's chosen your soul he's chosen your body Bam. This is going to create a reciprocating love. And Tanya is going to conclude with one point. This chapter, chapter 49, is going to conclude telling us how do we create this deep connection with Hashem? It's not only through being Jewish in the heart, it's through the action. And Shema tells us this itself. Let's see that inside. How does the attachment of Spirit to spirit take place. To this end it is stated further on. We say inside of the Shema that Hayu had varim ha ayle the hayu had varim ha ayleh I share no khimitkavayom. What's the next word? On your heart. Exactly. And you shall speak of, and these words shall be upon your heart And you shall speak of them As is explained in H. Chayim So why do you need to speak about them? Why is it not enough to be in your heart? I'm Jewish at heart No, no, no Jewish at heart So then Hashem is going to remain in your heart If you want to bring Hashem into the physical world We need to do something physical And pronouncing words Is something more physical putting on tefillin, lighting Shabbos comes, even more physical, bring Hashem further down in in here. As is explained in Eitzchayim, that the union of kissing is essentially, what does that mean to kiss Hashem? That's the union of Chabad with Chabad. It's the union of your intellect with Hashem's intellect. It's the union of your mind thinking about the Torah, which is Hashem's mind. That is concentration in the Torah. While the mouth, as the outlet of the breath and its emergence into the revealed state, represents the category of speech engaged in the words of the Torah. So if you want to speak about, if you want to kiss Hashem, so you kiss Hashem okay. by connecting your mind to Hashem's mind, you thinking about Hashem's Torah with Hashem's mind, and speaking about it, if you're you're giving a Hashem a kiss with your mouth. Well, that's what, what it refers
0: to but with os, the term osculation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, osculation. I don't, I don't really know what that word means, to be honest. But that, I'm looking at the Hebrew, it says Meshikah. It says kisses. Kisses, isn't
0: it? Meshikah is a kiss?
1: Yes, exactly. Is osculation a kiss? Must be. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm looking up. OK. Or, by the word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, does man live? We live off of Hashem's word. However, one does not fulfill one's duty by meditation and deliberation alone. To just keep it into the, in cyberspace, to keep it in our mind, to keep it spiritual, is not enough. Until one expresses the words with his lips, why? why? Why can I be Jewish in my mind alone? in order to draw down the light of the angel's blessed is he, downward, even to the vivifying soul which dwells in the blood of man. And where does the soul of man dwell, which is produced, it dwells in the blood, and where does the blood come from, which is produced by the intake of food from the mineral, vegetable, and animal worlds? Thus to raise them all to God, together with the entire universe. So if you go ahead, before this class, you ate dinner and during dinner, you had water, you had cucumbers, you had a piece of chicken, and then you're learning. So you've taken energy from every one of the four parts of the world, the inanimate, the water. The vegetation, you've taken from the cucumber, you've taken from the animal, and you yourself to you ate it. And now you're learning with it, you're uplifting the entire world to cause them to be absorbed into his light and unity and light. You're taking all the four parts of the world, the inanimate, animate, animal, and human and and human, and you're connecting them all with Hashem's unity and light, blessed be he which will illuminate the world and its, inhabitants and its inhabitants in a revealed manner, when Mashiach comes, and the glory of God will be revealed, and together all flesh will see. And this is why we were created. For this is the purpose of the descent of all the world, that the glory of the Lord may pervade this world, especially in a revealed manner, to change darkness to light and bitterness to sweetness, as has been explained above at length. And this is the essence of man's kavan in his his service. To draw the light of the angel, blessed is he down below. However, the initiative must come to the elevation of the Nukvin to surrender to him his soul and his possessions, as has been explained above. So we know that when we talk about, when Kabbalah talks about a relationship of a man and woman, it says that the woman inspires the man. Who come to her. In other words, there's a it. There, each one has their own their own participation. But we have the Mayin Nukh in the world of Kabbalah, the feminine waters, which that is the arousal, the, the female arousal. And then comes the Mayin Dukh the, the male waters, which is the. So in the terms of. In our terms, my Nukman, the feminine waters, would um, would be our arousal of Hashem, trying to draw Hashem down here. We're the female trying to bring the male down here. And then by arousing the male, by arousing Hashem, Hashem will come down into this world, reveal himself, and connect with us. So let's summarize what we've learned. And then we'll we'll take any questions. So what we've learned is that Hashem has put aside everything to create us that we should serve. And that should bring about a love for us. And this idea is what the blessings of Shema and Shema itself talk about. And the way we connect with Hashem is spirit to spirit through kissing, by connecting our mind to Hashem, by connecting our words to Hashem, and by us, by us taking the initiative, the female initiative, arousing the male, we're going to bring Hashem down here that Hashem should reveal himself fully in this world. Are there any questions? Um,
0: I I have two questions. Please. Um, Well, it it said something about... um, you don't fulfill your duty unless you, until you express the words with your with your lips. But I think yes. I think that the only part of the Shema that you really need to say out loud is just Shema Yisrael, Hashem El Hashem Echad. Isn't that the only part you really have to say aloud?
1: So there's two separate things. There is davening prayer, and then there's saying something even more out loud. But what we're saying here is, in order to be considered prayer, you need to physically pronounce the words with your lips. Saying it in your mind is not enough. So even, the, for example, the the, sex, the words of Shema that we say quietly, Baruch Shem Kivod Mahchus even those words that we're saying quietly, we still need to be pronouncing them with our lips. And the question was, why? The answer is because to draw down into God into the physical, we have to be doing something physical, um, which is to the very least, pronouncing those words as our physical body. Um, but you're mentioning that some have the custom to say the first line of Shema out loud that others should hear him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have another question
0: yeah I, I did the the other question I had it said earlier that um it it said the whole earth is full of his glory kibodo the the whole earth is full of his glory and um and um the the Tanya uh seems to Narrow that down to the community of Israel, and there's a lot more to the earth, or you could say even the universe, than, than just Israel. So, so I'm um, it. It doesn't, it doesn't. I I think when, I think um, they're taking a, a very broad statement. And they're they're making it into a very narrow statement.
1: And that tell me, tell me, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and dig a little bit for a moment. Tell me, what's bothering you with 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 the fact that it's taking a broad statement and, and narrowing it? Well,
0: um, is this a generalization, maybe? why why is it bothering um, um, because i think in other
1: words dr malov yeah go ahead you were going to say something
0: um, i think it's limiting our focus um, it it's uh, it's Constricting our horizons. It's—I um, I mean, there's a whole world out there, and it's saying, "Don't pay attention to the world except for the the narrow part that's the Jewish people." And I—I don't, I don't think that's—I I don't know. It doesn't. That's not how I was brought up. <laughs> you, I think you should be concerned with with more. The rest of the
1: world. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're feeling that the statement that Hashem's glory is revealed upon the Jews is making light of the non-Jews.
0: No, no, well, not, not that, but they, they take the, the, uh, the whole earth is full of his glory. I mean, that's the statement in the Sidur, right. Uh, um, and, um, and they say, what do they mean by the whole earth? They mean the community of Israel. And that's that's what I I, I, I don't know. It
1: just it's I think okay, I think if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're asking is you're saying if the simple translation is that Hashem's glory is fully revealed in the whole world, why are we now limiting it and say it's not in the whole world, it's limited upon the Jewish people? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So how does a statement that the Jewish people are the chosen nation, how does that uh, make you feel?
0: Well, that's okay, because we're supposed to be an example to the rest of humanity, right? We're supposed to be an example to the rest of humanity. Yes. Well, whether we live up to it or not all the time is another question. But, but that's supposed to be our, our role, I think. Uh, so yeah. that, 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 I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that.
1: A part of being the chosen nation, does that mean that Hashem is more revealed within the Jewish people than the rest of the world? Hmm.
2: Um well, he may be revealed in different ways to different
0: um well, the Jewish people have have the Torah, but 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 now the Torah is is really, um, I mean, it it originally was given to the Jewish people, but now it's it's part of uh, um, everybody's heritage, really.
1: I mean, Doctor Malav, I'll tell you the truth. Let me let me the truth. Meaning, I okay. I don't want to lie. No. I, I, let me think about it. God willing, next week I'll try and uh, give you a better answer. Let, let me think more about it. I, he- I hear the question. Any other questions? Okay, I want to thank everybody for coming back. And I do know that it's been a little choppy, so I appreciate you sticking it through. And God willing, next week we will uh, be all be sitting next to each other together in Jerusalem Amen. Without able to say uh, the together, even touch each other's hands and uh, celebrate. Amen. Okay, have a wonderful week. Right. Thank,
3: Thank you. you. Bye
1: bye. See